0: To another episode of
1: Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm, uh, I'm Ty Turley. And uh, on this podcast, cheaters are not rewarded. You know what I mean? This isn't the podcast for Astros fans. Okay? Oh. You can't, you don't, get, you don't get a win this podcast if you cheat. Interesting. I was not sure where that was going.
0: Hasn't it been on your mind? I didn't watch a single World Series game. What?
1: Well, you don't I'm watch. Kind of, oh, I'm over baseball. No one watches baseball, but you're still like aware of what happens.
0: I was aware. Yes, it's it's too bad they won. Truthfully.
1: Truthfully, uh, this is po- This podcast is not like that. It's fair. Totally yep, fair. It's
0: it's a meritocracy here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how I could cheat on this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you you've missed your chance to figure it out because Ty. Um, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. What? This is our last episode. No. The, the Banshees of Inishirin. And then.
1: No, no don't <laughs> cheat like that.
0: Uh, okay. Before we get to that movie, Ty, do you have a favorite movie
1: friendship? <gasps> yes. Okay. What is it? I think the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that was those dudes in uh, Hell or High Water. I love those two. Okay, <laughs> the I don't brothers. Know yeah, <laughs> yeah. An unlikely right. pairing, a lot of friction, and, but they're hilarious.
0: And if you're paying attention, listeners, yeah, that's Hell or High Water twice in five episodes for Ty's movie pick.
1: Well, you keep what? What other? What else was it? We did Chris Pine's
0: best movie recently.
1: Oh gosh,
0: just had it on your mind, I guess. I guess. Okay. Uh, for me, it is Mary and Pippin from. The Lord of the Rings series. Their sort of adventure is more fun to watch than Sam and Frodo for sure. And I like them.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: It's the other two little hobbits. Okay.
1: There's four of them, huh?
0: Yep. Okay. Too cool for Lord of the Rings? No, I'm just, I'm confirming. Oh oh, yeah, who who even knows
1: about that? I'm just confirming it. Wow. Wow. What the listeners
0: don't know is Ty made a Lord of the Rings joke when we first got on this call before we were recording. <laughs> I did not. Well, t- tangentially, an Orlando Bloom joke.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's true.
0: I did. I okay, Ty, heard. let's talk about The Banshees of um, had
1: you Did you see this movie a while ago or just recently? Just recently. Okay, you, me too. Did you practice saying Inisherin so well? No, that's just our Irish heritage. Oh, you? Okay. Reed has Irish heritage now. Don't we? I don't no, know. I don't think we do. <laughs> we're, the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the English colonizers. Scottish. We're Scottish, man. Uh, yeah. Mortal enemies. I don't know, actually. I'm pretty sure we're Scottish. What? Okay, go ahead.
0: They say it in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's that complicated.
1: How would you have said it? I could never get it. It's I had trouble with both words, banshees, or yeah, banshees. Should it be banishes, ish? Okay, I don't think so. Um,
0: I-, I thought this movie was really beautiful. I loved like the drone shots over the island, the little fields split up by the fences, and so then you couldn't.
1: Th- so you think Ireland's beautiful?
0: I do think <laughs> Ireland's beautiful.
1: Yeah, Ireland, Ireland is beautiful. <sighs>
0: Yeah, but this—I mean this movie captures some
1: of that. I think. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then couldn't like place the time it—you know—when it was occurring. I thought maybe it was in the '70s until he showed the calendar. And I was like, okay, 1920s. Makes kind of sense. They're using kerosene lamps, no real electricity around.
1: But- no, but there's uh, so the romantic side of you that wishes that there still was a part of Ireland that lived like that, isn't there? Don't you think? I did wonder, like, how could anyone live like this? What What do they do? I mean, oh man, to- it looked it looked so nice to me. I was honestly, I was like, oh, why don't I live in this place at this time?
0: It, what What do you mean the <laughs> that island's a prison? <laughs> They're just trapped what? there. What? No, you what? That's not a good life. The oh
1: my gosh, I can't believe you're saying this.
0: The sister would choose to move to a country, move to the island. Where they're f- literally fighting a war to get off of in Ishiran. For a job? Yeah, for opportunity, because there's nothing on this island. You're
1: just trapped with all the
0: same people,
1: and... Wow, that is so interesting to me. They're so anti-it. It's, like, idyllic, I would say. It's perfect. It's uh...
0: You want that pastoral lifestyle where you have no yeah. chance to develop and
1: grow? Wait a second. Uh... Gleason's character grows and develops and studies music and writes music and is an artist. That's true, but do you think he was a good art? Like, was he a good musician? Or was he just feeling this weight
0: of mortality and felt like he hadn't done anything in this world? And so his, you know, maybe the best thing he could do was this music, but was it actually good music? Well, the
1: song he played was really bad when he finally played it. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's good, but he he was... Self actualized, I would say he was able to make it and he wanted to make it and he was able to make it. And, the, and they, you know, they, I think part of the point of the movie is they have this really nice opportunity where they can just socialize a lot. Like the community matters and they spend a lot of time together and every t- afternoon at two, they know they're going to hang out. Like you just, if you move somewhere else where you have more, whatever you call opportunity, that goes away, right? yes there are trade-offs you don't you that i would
0: ease. i mean i don't know neither of us live in a cabin in the backwoods of new york or utah or or you know like you,
1: you live in the a big city i know but that doesn't mean i don't well okay that doesn't mean i don't value the other thing
0: yeah that's fine i i just think even like I i don't know i thought Uh, Kind of jumping to the end, his, his narrating the letter he wrote to his sister where he doesn't tell her any of the bad things that have happened. He, you know, says Jenny is still alive. And I mean, I just feel like he couldn't be honest. He couldn't let her know how bad it was because it was terrible for him there. And he didn't want her to feel bad about abandoning him.
1: Man, I don't know. I think he really liked his life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Until it fell apart. Until his... Best friend decided not to. He was too dull to interact with until his sister chose opportunities over their relationship until
1: (laughs) this poor little donkey choked on a finger. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. So this, I mean, his life falls apart. Obviously, that's the drama of the movie. We write movies about the times in people's lives when things do fall apart, we don't write them about when they're happy. But this guy had his first whatever, 50 years of being happy. Yeah, I mean, I think he,
0: he, could, he could have lived there forever. He could have been in that stasis. But I also think his character didn't feel that drive to better themselves that his sister felt, that, that Gleason
1: felt. Yeah, so maybe that's what I don't feel.
0: I, if anyone has a drive to better themselves, I know it's, it's you.
1: I'm not sure. I feel, like, I feel like if I could just be happy, that would be the accomplishment. That's better than any accomplishment out in the world. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, I I thought. Well, whose side were you on? Colin Farrell's for sure.
0: Brendan oh. Gleeson was so pre- was so
1: pretentious. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. And I, I loved this movie. Yeah, I just thought it was deeply sad <laughs> that he that he want, that he loved his life there so much, or that he lost what it was good.
0: That, yeah. That he just like it It wasn't the same he I mean he 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 could never go back to how it was before,
1: yeah, it was a very sad movie, like a gut punch when you walk out
0: but f- funny too, I mean, I really feel like they did a good job of keeping it full of humor throughout, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I really like the opening of this movie, the beginning, him talking to the people in the pub, like, oh are we having a row? I didn't think we were having a row. Like just like they're back and forth, the the banner is very good, um, and yeah, like in that culmination in the pub when he talks about like who cares about music, like my parents were nice, my sisters nice, like I thought that was very strong emotionally and powerful.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I feel like I um, <laughs> I <I've, laughs> uh, uh is it is the humor kind of. I mean, obviously, people call it black humor, or it's, you know, dark it's humor. It's dark, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it, uh, what effect does that have on you watching it, on your soul? <laughs> Do you ever think about that?
0: It doesn't make me feel bad. I think I laugh, and I, I feel like it's good to find humor in dark situations. Did you have a hard
1: time laughing at jokes once he started cutting his fingers off?
0: Okay, well, that was a real turning point in the movie. I had no idea that was coming. Me neither. And I was, and it's like, it's the scene right after that speech in the pub about being nice. And he finds the finger and it's disgusting.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> but disgusting. but I, kept la-
0: I, I kept laughing at
1: jokes after that. I had a hard time after that. I was, it, it just was such a hard, hard turn. Such a hard turn. Well, it's home. not realistic, I, right? No, it's not realistic. I didn't, I didn't believe it. He didn't, he didn't write it or set it up in a way where I was like, yeah, this guy really would do that. Well, even when he
0: said the threat, I was like, well, that's too extreme. <laughs> like, that's too far.
1: Yeah. And he gives, he gives that one scene where he's like, you know, actually, I don't feel bad. It's like good for me that I don't have the fingers anymore. And then he gets cut off as he's explaining why it's good for him. And uh, even with that, I thought, I thought that was kind of like a weak attempt to explain it or justify it. But even with that, I was like, uh... No, I still don't believe it. Well, no, it, it's it's crazy. It's a
0: it's a wild trade off for me because that's he's a violin player. He without his fingers, he can't do the thing that he cares about. Like, why would you punish yourself to punish Colin Farrell's character?
1: Well, because he, yeah, I mean, obviously that that's the weird thing about it. I, I mean, he's, it's a it's keeping your civility because you're angry at Colin Farrell for talking to you, but instead of doing anything to him, you do it to yourself. So you're, it's a sort of a, it proves you're polite or something, but I'm not, I, I mean, I think that's a justification. I'm not saying I yeah. agree. It was, it was uh, weird. I had a hard time after that point in the movie laughing. I, it just seemed like, Oh, we're in a, this is a crazy world now. And honestly, Man, I love the actor. I don't know his name. Who does the kid? Barry Keon. Yeah, and he's so good. He's my favorite character, and totally tragic though. Totally tragic. It's just really hard for me to see how they treat him, and then obviously by the time he's dead, it's very late in the film, where it, at that point like nothing was funny to me. You know, yeah, I was just it's like terrible. this. This is so terrible.
0: You didn't laugh when the dog grabbed the shears, and carried them out the door. No. After Colin Farrell left. I thought that was kind of cute.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. Wait, was that, was that before he cut any off?
0: That was when he cut the four, the remaining four off. Yeah, no. Which, I uh, mean... It also looked disgusting, his little stumps.
1: Well, and also he never bandaged them properly, or, or, or uh, what's the word, tourniqueted? Cauterized. Them? Cauterized them? Jeez. Um, it felt a little, I mean, I really love Martin McDonough. I love him. I love his other plays that I've read. Three Billboards. It's great. But it, this one, that choice felt sensational to me. It just was too sensational. Yeah. But
0: sometimes you really like surrealism. I, I think that's my perception of you.
1: Oh, well, I don't want to disagree with that. I, can you think of an example where... Because I guess my initial response to that is to say, if I understand the rules of the world and I believe that in that world they're making choices that are grounded or rational, then I'm on board, and I think it's interesting. That's my. I, I could be proven wrong if you came up with a counterexample, but no, 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 that's fine. I just feel like, well, okay. I have to say also, I had a hard time with the reasoning or just the the whole premise of the film is that you know he decides he doesn't want to be his friend anymore because he's dull. I'm not saying that would never happen, but that also is well, it's totally extreme. It happens so soon at the beginning of the movie where we don't even know, we never get to see them together as friends. So it's kind of breaks a screenwriting rule where, you know, you show the the reality first, the base reality, then you have some inciting incident that makes someone make a change and then you respond to it. The inciting incident basically happened off-screen. So it just means I'm a little bit less sure of Wait, why did he do that? Do I really believe that he would have done that?
0: How good of friends were they really before?
1: Yeah. Did
0: he just I mean, tolerate would... him? But Okay. Yeah. I actually like that storytelling choice because then you're you're in it with Colin Farrell's character. You don't know. Like, there's a lot of confusion. You're not sure how serious this is. I, I think it leaves you un, you know, kind of unsteady as an audience.
1: And I, I liked that. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think – you know, if they'd shown the night <laughs> <That's> before, <laughs> if they'd shown the night before where they were having a good conversation or a pleasant conversation, at least, and drinking together and happy, and then they'd started the film where it started, wouldn't you be more confused? And wouldn't, wouldn't you still be in it from the perspective of Colin Firth's character? Farrell. Um, I knew that. Colin yeah. Farrell's character?
0: No, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it would be a different. It wouldn't be that different of a movie, but I it didn't bother me, I guess,
1: that framing device. Okay, let me say it a different way. Great. Right. You're not sure if Brandon Gleeson's character is just a total a-hole.
0: No, I'm sure he is. He's totally self-centered. He's self-important. I don't know. He's friendly with other musicians. He's friendly with the pub tend- bartender. But... I, that's such a selfish
1: choice in my mind, but you don't know. I mean, what if some? I don't know how to say it. What if some? What if Colin Farrell's character did some crazy, a uh, microaggression that was offensive to Gleason's character the night before, and then you're and then, so I'm agreeing with you that the way it's set up now, you see you see him as a monster. Is that good, or? Would it be better if we were ambiguous about him where we thought, I think he's being too harsh, but I can understand why he's doing it. Like, isn't is that not good to be in to be in that in that zone of understanding for a character? Uh
0: I mean I, I guess I think it would work that way. It didn't bother me that it didn't happen.
1: I like the ambiguity of it. Okay. Well, I don't know either. I mean, I'm just I haven't really thought through these things, but Mark McDonough is kind of a great screenwriter, (laughs) storyteller. Yeah, I'm just yeah, he's making interesting choices for sure.
0: Like sometimes we talk about movies and we're like, we could write a better movie. (laughs) I could. I don't think that in this case. No, he does hate policemen, though. I think that's a pretty consistent theme.
1: Mm -hmm. A man after my own heart. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, because he that guy's a total piece of work.
0: And then I think the other thing that I, the other scene that I thought was funny was the confessional with the priest. Just that back and forth, I thought was pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was funny, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no priest would yell that. No priest would yell that. Right. It's extreme. It's it's a lot. S- super extreme, but not interesting. I mean, I really like this movie, too. I'm surprised I'm resisting so much. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, I didn't believe any of it.
0: But I mean, I think the acting was great. The performances were good across the board. I thought the sister was good. The, you know, Barry Keon was good. The leads were fun. It looked great. I, yeah, I don't know. I just think I could have watched an hour longer of it. Like, what happens next? Does he visit his sister? I, I don't know. I liked the world. I liked being in it.
1: Well, the biggest tragedy of it is that this nice man's been destroyed. Oh, so sad. Okay. He's, you know, near
0: the end, he says, nothing will make this right. Jenny's dead. I'm, you know, until one of us is dead, it'll never work out. But then Brendan Gleason doesn't get burned in his house. He's standing on the beach. He, Colin Farrell brings the dog back. He's like, yeah, thanks for watching my dog. He says, of course, anytime. Like, do you think. What does the next week look like between those two?
1: Well, the power switched on the beach scene, maybe the night, maybe the day before too. Maybe when he comes and tells him he can burn his house down, where uh Colin Farrell his character is not no longer um waiting or hoping or being subservient. And so I think the switch is permanent, which is why it's sad because he was so kind before and now that new version of himself is not kind. And I think he's going to harden and totally never initiate anything with, uh, Brennan Gleason's character again. And maybe it'll, the pendulum will swing the other way and gleason will be sorry. And, and, uh, Farrell won't care won't, won't forgive him, won't, won't give him a chance. But that, yeah. that, that beach scene is important or it was really well done. And yeah, for me, because it just, the, the power dynamic switches.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good kind of realization in, at, at that, that point. Um, and then for Barry Keown's character, did he, do you think he killed himself? Did his dad kill him? I think he killed himself because he was so, Oh, I thought the best scene between him and call Colin Farrell was when, you know, Colin Farrell tells him how he sent the musician home, you know, about, and he's like, well, that's the meanest thing I've ever heard. And like, you're just like everyone else. Like, I mean, I think that kind of broke
1: uh, Barry's character. Well, that that and getting rejected by the sister, and getting beat up by his dad. I mean, I'm sure he's just broken.
0: Well, is it? I mean, that is like they there are laughs at his expense, but it is just a totally tragic character.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels bad to laugh at him. That's what the that's the problem with the black humor, the dark humor. Yeah. It's just like oh, I don't I don't want to laugh at him, and. It, I mean, is that good that you don't realize you don't want to laugh at him at the beginning when you start laughing at him? Yeah, I, don't I think know it, that... by the time he has that scene with his sister,
0: I was not laughing at him. I mean, that's that's just sad. Like he wants to have a connection with someone, but when Colin Farrell and his sister are first talking, they're like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not the dullard. This kid is like, he's
1: the I mean, dull, totally the joke, the butt of the joke."
0: Yeah, but don't you think it's good that like through the movie you realize like there are things in his internal life that we don't know about at the beginning that make him a tragic figure.
1: You're saying that it helps us develop our humanity because we laughed at him first and then we we're surprised or we learn something. Yeah. That, they,
0: that he has these human needs and he's, you know, he has hope in us. He wants, he wants a better life for himself. It just makes him more
1: real. I can see that. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right, Ty, are there other things you liked or didn't like about this movie we haven't touched on yet?
1: Well, do you think it's a metaphor for – I mean, it's obviously, I think, a metaphor for the Irish Civil War. He literally has the war going on in parallel uh, where you hear it.
0: But the that – Brendan Gleeson is Ireland and he's – I mean, what's the metaphor? <laughs> maybe, I don't, well, maybe it wasn't obvious to me.
1: Oh, really? Well, the Irish Civil War is Catholics and Protestants fighting each other even though they're both Irish. And they got along before, and then all of a sudden they couldn't get along. Yes,
0: I did pick up on that in the movie. They talked about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I think it's also, I think it feels to me like he's writing about liberal conservative divides in Europe and the US now, too. I don't know. I felt. Where people felt, are hurting
0: themselves to cut off the other group.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And just deciding, you know, just deciding categorically this person's not worth my time anymore and how that's not a productive way. It's not fair. It's not kind. It's not a productive way to run a society and it does damage and people, it makes people angry and it, you know, it leads to a cycle of, of hatred and escalation, which I think we have today.
0: That's not the message. I was, there are good people on both sides that I was getting out of this movie.
1: Interesting. Okay. What, so what are you just thought, well, did you think there was a theme or a message?
0: I guess I thought I lean more into the like devotion to, you know, what you produce, what your legacy is, how you deal with your own mortality and what is the priority in this life? Is it to produce something that people will appreciate and remember, or is it to be a good person? I mean, I think a lot of times people that are those, you know, geniuses and Leave a legacy, do it by stepping on other people, by by not being good people, and so I think I lean more to the internal side of it.
1: Yeah, my favorite joke was when he's like, "Well, I don't know who the Mozart fellow is, so you can." So well, that one's still true. <laughs> that was that good. Was, that was my favorite. I mean,
0: that was my favorite scene, and I mean that pub scene was awesome. I thought.
1: Yeah. All right, Ty, okay. what are you get? Oh.
0: Ty, what are you gonna rate? Banshees of Inishirin out of five.
1: I'm giving it a four. A four? What are you giving it? Five. A second five. <laughs> okay.
0: No swearing on the podcast. <laughs> is I don't even... What is that word? I'm not sure. It's definitely the F word. <laughs> but they also said the F word in the movie. Well, yeah. They got <laughs> so two some, options. <laughs> the Irish. They love the F word. They, multiple ways to get to it. Yeah. Uh, no, a five. I, I really, truly loved it. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, okay. Me too. I it le- it. No, I, I can tell it left you feeling a little cold, which I is fair. That's Yeah. What else, Ty, do you have to recommend for our listeners that you've been watching, reading, or listening to
1: lately? Did you watch The Flight Attendant, season two? I have not watched season two. I watched the first season when it came out, you know, two years ago. It's pretty fun. Man, <laughs> she's got a lot of charisma, that actress. Kaylee Cuoco. You can see why people watch her. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It made me go back and watch the first ep- the pilot of the first season. That episode's so good. Ugh, it's such a good episode.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's a bunch of, I just didn't, I mean, I saw the second season came out, just haven't gotten to it yet.
1: What are right, you? For, yeah.
0: For me, I, um, found this song on Spotify. That's a, Piano cover of a brand new song that I love by sea turtle harmonics. And honestly, I've, I've listened to it like 10 times
1: this week. It's so good. Uh, a piano cover of a new song is a, the band. Pian-
0: the brand, the band is brand new. Sea turtle harmonics does this, you know, piano arrangement of the song. Totally no words. Just the, just the piano music.
1: What's the name of the song?
0: Okay. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. It's just like this indie punk song from high school, from when I was in high school that I loved.
1: So good, Ty. You better listen to it. I've never heard of it. I never heard of it. I'm going to look it up for sure. And I always need good, I always need uh, good music picks, good wrecks. (laughs) I mean, I've been listening to a little Taylor Swift. You? You? Huh? I haven't hit the midnights yet. Anti-hero. Get stuck in your head.
0: (laughs) All right. I can check that out. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley.
1: I'm Ty Turley. And uh, this was totally fairly delivered. I just want everyone to know that.
0: And I agree, Ty, with the power dynamic shift now, we can stay friends.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Great. Bye. Bye.